admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Where's 007? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull out. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit of surviving. What they say about the fittest. Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know. I've never lost. No more foreplay. to another episode of Bond Backwards, where we've been dissecting the uh, Bond franchise, starting from, uh, the, from the last movie, which was Spectre, and working our way towards Dr. No, uh, in sort of, in, in anticipation for the release of No Time to Die, which should be uh, coming out in November, depending on how COVID decides on letting us watch the film. So uh, let's see Let's see what happens if people keep social distance, wear masks, and don't be, you know, idiotic around the fact that there is still a pandemic going on, people. But um, yeah, I'm joined by Adam, uh, who is over Zoom in the United States of America. When you were young and your heart was an open book, you used, you used to, say to say, live and let live. You know you did. You know you did, yeah. Great theme. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't spoken enough about the theme songs, I realized, going through this. And they're such a big part of the Bond franchise. And we're about to really go into the golden age, I think, of the Bond theme song. Because yeah. the Roger Moore era is a bit up and down. I mean, Carly Simons is great. Um, the Man with the Golden Gun is fun and stupid. This is the This is the one Roger Moore theme song that i think really stands up well actually a view to a kill as well um i like the I, one from fill your eyes only i quite like that one oh, yeah. i mean i know people do i think i'm an outlier on only, no one <laughs> is asking you to do that you have to you have to stop it's a monday um <laughs> you're like garfield you're like garfield i hate mondays <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate mondays but um i do hate when it when you sing like that um but yeah. uh, the um, silicon chip inside your head is switched to overload the silicon switch inside your head is switched to batshit so just um <laughs> yeah. calm it. but the um but no the paul mccartney and the wings theme for this is and considering that this is early post beatles paul mccartney as well you know they haven't been broken up that long when or if you or film, if you believe the conspiracy theories Paul oh McCartney. yeah, yeah. If you believe, yeah, this isn't even just not even the real Paul McCartney, but um, yeah. I think it's a great theme. Paul is dead. Paul is dead. <laughs> yeah, the great, great theme 
uh like did you oh speaking of conspiracy theories did you hear the one about the rock that he is dead and that they're using a clone of him to endorse biden or something uh yeah i i did see that which anyway is... let's just breeze right past politics because we want this to be timeless but anyway if, uh, if you're listening to this in 2050 if the world still exists by then go back in time and look up whether the rock was actually killed by the democrats yeah um, and if you are listening to this episode now and you live in america vote register to vote yeah just that, to that too get that out, get that um, out of the way yeah um also pay your taxes well <laughs> um the, the, the let's not make this too topical although it is topical <laughs> because this film is also uh, uh quite racist and yeah, obviously we live i, in, I uh, feel like with this film because black exploitation films were extremely popular at this time like yeah shaft came out in 1971 and this film comes yeah. out in 1973 so it's you know it's two two years into i mean shaft was like a real surprise hit wasn't it yeah and also pam greer was also starting her career and like in films like coffee and all those movies directed by jack hill and so the movie was a i would say it's it it could be seen as like it's a film that's paying tribute to the films of the black exploitation era no but then it, it isn't but it, then you it, know what they're doing you know what they're doing <laughs> they, they're doing the thing we've talked about every single we this is the Moonraker problem. It's the it's the paying poker in Casino Royale problem. The Bond franchise is trying to be trendy. They're trying to jump on a trend. Yeah, and it also kind of paves the way for the problems that they sort of landed in during Man with the Golden Gun with the you know the Asian stereotypes and trying to tribute the kung fu genre and things like that. There's so much Orientalism in the first three Roger Moore films because there's also all the Egypt stuff in Yeah, um, that's true. Spy Who Loved Me and. Um, yeah, and this is just full of like, I mean, I, get, I think really we have to speak about it first because you've just got to get out of the way. I mean, there are loads of really great um, black performers in this film. I mean, I think chief among them is is Yafet Koto, who's just a great, great villain and a great actor. Um, yeah, he was, he was very well known for, um, well, he was very well known later for Alien, where he played uh, Parker in that film. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's in uh, he's in a great um, episode of Hawaii Five O. He's in um, uh, he's in Five Card Stud with Robert Mitchum and Dean Martin. Uh, Dean Martin. He's in a bunch of stuff, but he's he's a good he's a really good Bond villain. And um, you know, in the very, performances, very, very charismatic as well. I think he's actually yeah. one of the sort of I think out of the Roger Moore Bond movies, I think he's one of the more memorable villains, and I think he's one of the more charismatic villains. I would say. Right, and then you've got you know you've got your Earl Jolly Brown as Whisper, and you've got um, uh, Jeffrey Holder who plays the brilliant, um, Baron incredibly problematic Baron Samady, and uh, Julius Harris who plays Teehee, the uh, the one armed um, villain. But the problem is, you know, the problem with this is that the film trades on. It doesn't. It's like it hasn't understood what black exploitation is supposed to be about. And, yeah, and also it gives the impression that everyone in Harlem is part of a crime syndicate. Right, there's that too. And then, because that, I think there's only like two or three black characters who are not on the side of the bad guys. It's like Quarrel, uh, the CIA guy, and um, uh, what's... Uh, um, Rosie. Oh yeah, Rosie. Oh yeah, the, the other actor, the CIA agent, is uh, Harry Strutter, played by Lon Sasson. Yeah, like those are the only black characters who aren't, you know, you you have you have an entire uh, cast of characters pretending to have a funeral in New Orleans. You have seemingly everyone in Harlem and everyone on uh, this particular made-up island. What is the name they give it again? Um, 
Oh, what's it called? Uh, oh, what was it called? San Monique. San Monique, yeah. Um, Run by a dictator called Dr. Kananga. Uh, who's also Mr. Big. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Names um, for tombstones, baby. <laughs> the... Yeah, so and so you've got that problem. You've got the the cack-handed deployment of um, black exploitation tropes, but then you also have something which I think is really the issue at the heart of the racism in the film is this misappropriation and like complete like nonsense stereotyping around um, Afro Caribbean religions. Yeah, the voodoo stuff is a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I went to when he we tricked me with his black magic and his voodoo. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is, I mean, I went to one of the days when we were when we were in New Orleans a couple of years ago. I went. Oh, that to, was a good trip. <laughs> that was a very very good trip. I went to a voodoo museum. Really, really, really cool place. And actually, it kind of it it, it there. I think there was a moment in in one of the sort of exhibi- in one of the uh, exhibitions there where they actually talked about how movies tend to get do you know they tend to get voodoo quite wrong in those movies where it's actually a little bit more spiritual and it's not all about you know magic and black magic and tricking people and cursing people and things like that so there has been a very sort of inaccurate portrayal of voodoo in movies and i think live and let die is slightly one of them the final sequence with the snake ceremony whatever you want to call it is like it's like out of the 1930s It, it really reminds me of a scene in a in an early 40s western called unconquered where gary cooper like tricks um native americans into not killing the heroine of the film by doing some kind of like magic mumbo jumbo that's supposed to fool them because they're you know stupid or whatever it's just like it and it's the same thing in this one you know it's this weird cultish stuff and it just completely ignores so many crucial things at the heart of these cultures in the Caribbean and in the southern United States, which have legacies of colonialism and slavery, that just is never questioned or examined in any way, shape, or form. Um, Particularly so, quite a lot of it in Louisiana and in, in that part of America. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's it's it is just it is a film which breezes right past that and is, um, yeah, just I think is hard to watch because of the. Um, um because of these things and i think the fact that roger moore kind of responds to uh black culture every time he encounters it with kind of like a smirk and a raised eyebrow just does not help at all like he yeah, doesn't it, it you doesn't know, really he's, like, he makes fun of everything he sees and tries to like um you know like he, he goes out of his way to like make fun of it he also um he, he just sort of like James Bond always treats people like shit, but especially women and especially non-white people. And it seems to be the case again in this one. And what I think is really peculiar is in Dr. No, which we'll get to, you know, Quarrel, the character of Quarrel in Dr. No is, is one of the most like mistreated characters in all of the Bond franchise. He's such a great um, sidekick to Bond, but Bond like just, he's, like he's made fun of for having like superstitions he at one point bond tells him to fetch his shoes and so they're like i know what we'll do in this film we'll bring quarrel back it will bring back quarrel jr <laughs> <Junior. laughs> like, that's like bringing back knickknack jr in the daniel craig movies it's like yeah, yeah don't good, don't good. don't 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 say that they might do that in no yeah, time good, to good, die good connery reference by the way yeah um, very very good connery reference <laughs> i um yeah so it's um it's a little bit annoying and um 
and it is and it's offensive and especially given the time we're living in now it's yeah. like you know this film still gets shown on telly um and whatever fine but like it it does present like a view of blackness in an urban american setting and blackness in a sort of more caribbean setting which is devoid of any of the explaining framework that would help understand even like why these stereotypes have arisen you know there's no attempt yeah. to debunk them and um i and think yeah. one so, of the, the one of the issues i have with it when when you're introduced to san monique it's in it's sort of shown to be like a very poverty stricken place it it's, it's right and full of like suspicion it's like the first scene you yeah. see of san monique is the snake ceremony where they kill the spy right yeah exactly and it's also it's it also it doesn't give it it, it it it's just it it's quite a stereotypical portrayal of like a very of an of an of a place that's you know primarily you know the population is 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 black people and i think that's that's a little bit problematic and i think that's they could have given that place a little bit more you know like they do in thunderball or even in in any of the other well, in thunderball in thunderball it's set in the bahamas i mean it's yeah, set in a yeah. real country and in dr no it's set in jamaica you know which yeah. is a real place they just make up a place in of um in called San Monique. What I think is hilarious is that they then they don't show decide, anything of San Monique. All they show they don't show anything of San Monique, but they do imply basically that it had been a British colony because they put the yeah. double decker bus in there. So it's like you know, it's a little bit like um they've just made a new colony for Britain in a period where you know Britain was shedding colonies left, right, and center because of the decline of the empire. I, I, there's so much to unpack there, but I just want to just leave. I think basically we can draw a line on it and say. You know, if you're confused, Live and Let Die is a racist film. If you want to know why, like spend any amount of time reading about, um, you know, the way, um, in, especially in this period, um, urban black populations were vilified by uh, right wing movements in, in America by Richard Nixon, who was in power at this point. You know, yeah. like spend some time reading about that. And as you pointed out as well, like look at how voodoo has been misused in, well, look at how any like, indigenous or, or, or colonial relig like religions of colonialized peoples have been used in in popular entertainment um so yeah. i feel like we can leave that there right like yeah i think i think we've said enough of that i think that kind of gives so, a little bit of context to so we well, talk about the film now yeah i think okay so this is roger moore's first bond film Okay, so yes. Sean Connery has, you know, he came back to do Diamonds Are Forever, and he would come back to do James Bond, but in a different studio and never say we never, never again. We never speak of that film. <laughs> never say never, say never again. Maybe we should watch it together after this is all over. I don't know. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, so, yeah, Roger Moore was very well known for TV roles. He was mostly well known for his role as, si as Simon Templar in the, um, in the TV show The Saint. And I guess by the time he played, I mean, by the time he was doing Never, Live and Let Die, he was like well into his early 40s. And well, he'd also been in The Persuaders with Tony Curtis, right? Yes, he was. He was in The Persuaders. That's so true. That was a, he was quite well known for that too, I think, at that point. Yeah, and I think he was, he, yeah. So that, you know, so after, you know, they brought Sean Connery back and and then, you know, they... You know, they brought in Live and Let Die. They brought him in for Live and Let Die. And, you know, he was paid like $200,000 plus a percentage of the profits. And so, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting introduction to him. We, we, he's, uh, he's not the cigar smoking Sean Connery Bond we've seen. He's, uh, he's 
smoking a cigar for for the most of the time and also he is he is smoking sean connery didn't smoke a cigar yeah no 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 roger moore smoking a cigar i meant so sorry and um and he's also not drinking any vodka martinis he's like drinking whiskey like drinks or something like that to kind of differentiate himself from he drinks a vodka drink (laughs) (laughs) and he kills a snake he finds in the sink um yeah so i think i mean as a first movie for roger moore i think it's 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 definitely okay. I think, you know, I think it it's sort of, I don't know. I think they came into problems with Roger Moore a little bit later in like in the, in his sort of error or error, depending on your point of view as, as, as 007. But I think in this one, there, there is still that kind of, you know, especially in the, in the scene with Rosie Carver, where he like threatens her and stuff, there is sort of that kind of viciousness with his character, which sort of goes away a little bit with each movie, but you know, it's it's a nice. I think he has that kind of like suave and swagger and cheekiness about him. That sort of, you know, we're seeing a very different kind of Bond, but one who isn't afraid to like, you know, get his hands dirty a little bit. But I feel like a lot yeah. of, but I feel like it's. I mean, if you look at like Sean Connery's portrayal, particularly in the early films, he was very like, you know, he had that sort of kind of swagger, but he was also, you know, but I mean, they downplayed it a little bit, but he was a killer. He was, you know, a man who, you know, as Timothy Dalton said, a man who killed in cold blood or a hero who killed in cold blood. Cold and, blood. In cold blood. And I think, you know, with Roger Moore, I think they started off with that, but I think they sort of shed that away very slowly with each movie. Well, I think, well, so I was, I think we, we've been hard on Roger Moore and maybe rightly so in a lot of these films, but, um, I mean, he does bring something else to the part. I mean, and I was, I just looked on IMDb, like he'd just finished The Persuaders. Like that was his last credit before this movie. So, you know, he'd come from a world of like a campy, fun, spoofy spy show. And yeah. he's, I think he takes that persona into these films. And I think it's welcome to some degree because they tried the Connery clone with Lazenby. That didn't work so well, but I do think, I do think Lazenby is underrated and I do think, I don't say I don't think Lazenby's good, but I do, don't think he's as bad as maybe you and I have implied in the past, and other people have too. Yeah, I think that um, uh, I think that you know Roger Moore has got you know a lot of a lot of people really love Roger Moore. A few people I think you even follow us on on Twitter who who just think you know the Roger Moore films are their idea of the perfect Bond films, and it's like yeah, sure, if that's your interpretation of what the franchise should be then roger moore nails it you know it's like yeah i mean um, i'm not i'm um, not gonna like i'm not gonna say like if, if if roger moore is your favorite bond i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like get angry with that or say you're wrong or anything like that if it, if he is your favorite well, I, you are wrong but like you know we're not gonna we're <laughs> not gonna no, get but angry, like but, you yeah. know to, to each their own i think right you know, no but, but but right because it is a unique interpretation of the character he's not trying to do connery he's not trying to do something he's not even trying to do the character in the books he's just like i'm gonna play this my way and there's a great confidence in this debut. And I think this yeah, and Spy Who Loved Me, The Spy Who Loved Me is the best Roger Moore film, but I think this is the second best Roger Moore performance. And and I actually I think Live and Let Die, that, yeah. you know, Live and Let Die, if you can stand the racism, I mean, we watch a lot of old films, we watch especially a lot of old Westerns. So you do have to like swallow a lot of problematic shit just to get through the film. If you yeah, can get, just a little you bit. can swallow that. I think Live and Let Die is a pretty entertaining, pretty good, pretty unusual bond movie yeah i mean i i would say i mean i hadn't seen the movie since probably since i was like a teenager and i was watching it with uh felina in around the time when everything kind of locked down because of covid 
And I hadn't seen the film for a very long time. And I was looking at it because we were watching all the Bond movies back to back. And it was interesting kind of, you know, going from Diamonds Are Forever to Live and Let Die and seeing the differences in the interpretation of the character. And yes, he does bring his kind of campiness to it, like he did, prob- I assume, in the Persuaders or, you know, in The Saints as well. And it's it's not as bad. I mean, yeah, if you can get past the casual racism, it's actually it's not, not casual. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, casual yeah if you can get past that it's actually a really really fun film and there's some really great action sequences like the boat chase the very extended boat car chase scene in louisiana after the whole alligator farm scene is very well filmed and it's really good and it's fun and i feel like it has it hits a lot of comedy moments yeah it's new it's like we haven't really had a boat check we had the boat sequence in from russia with love but it's it's a kind of a new mood and i feel like the very america focusedness of this film is probably after diamonds are forever because they've shot a lot of that movie in well they primarily shot that movie in america and las vegas that's a good point actually i hadn't remembered yeah diamonds are forever is also largely set in america but this is sort of a different slightly different kind and i think it's interesting that you don't get a lot of bond films where he's in new york no yeah i mean this might even be the only one it is the i think it is the only one it'd be great to see like 007 in like a bigger city in America or, or just yeah or some place like that I think that would be amazing yeah. but it's funny because outside of it doesn't really I mean and I think one of the, the problems with this film is that it feels like such a mismatch this black exploitation genre and 007 like it's sort of it feels like he's really out of place but I think some of that fish out of waterness works for him it in, does yeah because he feels because every place he goes into he feels like oh i'm safe i can sit in a booth and order a drink and then oh no it turns around and then you know i'm in like mr big's like dungeon or something like that yeah that um in terms of plot the whole mr big kananga thing is like the most obvious stupid like <laughs> it's, it's so it's, clear it's that a little is. it's a little bit confusing i think it doesn't I don't know. It doesn't. It, it's, also, I mean, it's it's really obvious that he's pretending to be Mr. Big. So the whole idea that the audience, when he starts taking his makeup off, are going to be like, "Oh my god!" It's like, yeah, we we know. Like, and also, yeah. Mr. Big is just not really important to the whole. Like, he's only really important as a vague masquerade. Anyway, um, yeah, and, 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 he's only, and, and, all. and he's only in like two scenes. Like, right, exactly. So we don't. Anyway, don't want to get bogged down in all of that. But I love Teehee. See, he's uh, great. I love, I love that character, and I also like Baron Samady. I, I, I like that sort of that Jeffrey Holder's performance in the movie. This just this. Oh, his, and his costuming and everything. His, his, <laughs> yeah, he's great. That bit where they find him in the graveyard playing the flute, and they're um, heading for the hill. And the, yeah, his whole, his whole vibe is just so great. Um, the, um, but yeah, I love Tihi, and I love the alligator farm sequence. The, the running across the back of the alligators is one of the great like that's just one of the fun and it's like yes that does ultimately become what happens in octopusy but like just in this moment what you can get away with it assuming you don't know (laughs) that there are going to be six more roger moore movies where they're going to do all like they're going to keep making it sillier and sillier yeah um you know you do you that is fun and it is refreshing to watch um you also of course get jw pepper in this and that's another little bit where you're like the bit where he pulls Secret the guy agent <laughs> yeah yeah that's the bit a little where bit where he pulls yeah. the guy over you like watching that in 2020 you're just like oh yeah it doesn't age well <laughs> no and it was it's very like the whole idea of like white cops and black 
criminals in the South. Anyway, it, it it's, just doesn't. It's yeah. very Burt Reynolds esque that kind of Southern thriller movies where the cops are like corrupt and things like that. It's like White Lightning. Yeah, at least the cops are sort of. At least the cops are hopeless, but just the sort of atmosphere around it is is a bit uncomfortable. But um, yeah. the um, it's nice to have uh, you know the CIA on board. Felix Leiter is a great uh, addition, and David yeah. Hedison is, is the only guy who's played Felix Leiter twice, apart from Jeffrey Wright, of course. And um, yeah, and also I like that line, the reference to his character in the movies, like "Watch out for sharks," and I'm like, "No, Felix, you watch out for sharks." Oh, can you say that in Tim uh, in Timothy Dalton voice? No, Felix, you watch out for sharks. <laughs> Mr. Angel. <laughs> oh, we've already become firm friends. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dougie. Uh, the, um, oh, here yeah. come the fuzz. <laughs> uh, Do the... feel free to spool stop, through. Stop now, stop, sorry, stop now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I fell down a Timothy <laughs> Dalton rat, rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, things were about to get nasty. Um, <laughs> hey, Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> well, well anyway um uh yeah we were talking about uh, you know what's interesting yeah of all the bond films this is probably the one where you and i have been to the most of the like most of the locations together that is true yeah we have we, been we've been we've been to the caribbean on holiday when we were very little yes we've uh, been to louisiana we've been to new york as recently as a couple of years ago for my 30th yes. birthday that is true. We had a good, do you remember that day out we had in Brooklyn? That was fun, wasn't it? That was really good fun in Williamsburg. That was wonderful. Yeah. Living it up like hipsters. We had oysters yeah. and drank cocktails. And it was, we had, I remember we got the subway across to Manhattan again and I needed to wee halfway. So we had to get off and find a bar. And uh, yeah, that's true. That was a nice bar, actually. I can't remember the name. Yeah, somewhere in the Bowery. I haven't, re- I haven't rediscovered it. Anyway, and then uh, yeah. we've also been, we've also been to New Orleans and the swamps around, um, uh, around there, you know. So that's true. Like, yeah. That's going to be a difficult travel round. Uh, anything else before we go into the fun stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about Jane Seymour as uh, oh, as solitaire. Fuck. Yes, and also the cards, the tarot cards with the 007 on the back. Yeah, that's are a you little. For, are you are you for that or against it? Like, what do you? What, I, I think your... I don't know the whole bit where he seduces her with the tarot cards. I think that's a little bit problematic. Oh, it's a bit rapey, yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit rapey. I don't know. It's just, it's it's sort of a, it's it's along the same lines with the barn scene in Goldfinger, where he seduces a lesbian to like sleep with her and then foil Goldfinger's plan. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit on that on that sort of that 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 plane. Uh yes, and but I don't um, know. I think, and I think whole, also the whole idea that her religion and his and Kananga's religion is bullshit, and yet when she has her virginity taken from her by Bond she's no longer able to do the bullshit magic behind the bullshit religion. It's like, well, hang on then. What, what the yeah. hell are you implying? It's like, is, is the James Bond franchise implying that the virginity is some kind of holy quality? I don't, whatever. I don't want to get into that. It seems a little bit, I don't know. I don't really know what the hell they were trying to do with, with her character. Oh, it it's, seemed, it's, it's it seemed... messed up. It, it, the, the women in this film get such a, this is a bad film for, for Bond girls. Like Rosie is treated like Rosie is disposed of in such a heartless way. And she's treated like this dumb, like, um, you know, superstitious, superstitious, hysterical woman. Like, you know, to say nothing of the racism of that, just the whole, she spends half her lines are screaming. Like, it's just so. That is true. um, She was also, she was also. At the very least, at the very least there is an interracial sexual thing encounter between her and bond yeah first uh, first black bond girl 
it's at this time that was still rare in any film or television so whatever but still yeah it's such it's so messed up and the whole thing with solitaire is, is messed up but what do you think my question is the 007 on the back of the tarot cards yeah a bit silly it's the same it's along the same lines with the 007 on the golden bullet in the in the next one yeah but that's different because scaramanga's put that there deliberately yeah. in this film why does kananga have cards which have 007 on the back i don't know <laughs> well that's the whole point that's what i'm yeah, saying it's it's, 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 it's a bit silly yeah i don't know i guess the, i guess um, i guess it was running with that theme of after goldfinger when he dis when they disarm the bond and up the bomb and it goes to double oh oh seven so maybe that was like a running joke that were they were having with the movies or something like that or maybe like his no, 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 it's branding. It's just like, but they've just put the branding on the. I feel like it's there as an Easter egg. I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a dumb Easter egg. It's like an Easter egg to the face. Yeah, um, Doctor Kananga, you're gonna get killed by 007 later in the movie, with a in the blip. stupid. Oh, by the way, okay. Well, anyway, I'll save my, I'll save my stupidest bit. Um, what do you want to do? Our fun stuff. Yeah, uh, fun stuff. I think the extended boat chase is really fun. I think all the sort of gags with the wedding and things like that are really enjoyable. And is that your best bit? It's, it's, I think it's, it's definitely one of my favorite bits in the film. I think, I don't know, I think, I would say the bit at the end when he saves Solitaire from in the snake bit with the, where he's got the magnum, I think that's a pretty cool, I think he looks, I think Roger Moore just kind of really looks the part of a spy in that scene. I think for me, I think that's a pretty cool moment where you really feel like, yeah, he's getting into the groove of being James Bond. And also, I mean- Even though it's a bit like- mm. Yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, but I think it's it's just, it's nice that they sort of change it up a little bit, a bit from the wall to PPK, just to kind of, to say, this isn't Sean Connery, this isn't George Lazenby, this is Roger Moore and his interpretation and what his look of what Bond is going to be and what his... I mean, he looks, he looks great in his little turtleneck and his big... Yeah, he does. Thing. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's, he's not wearing a kilt like in one of the, one of the, one of the Bond movies. Yeah, well, like a pink shirt and a wig, like Connery wasn't the last one. Um, yeah. But so is yeah. that your, are you, which, so which one is your which one is your favorite? I'm, I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm. I know we've talked about the boat chase already, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that scene because I think that's quite a tense scene and with all the music and stuff and with the snake because you know exact because you've seen the beginning scene you know what's gonna happen so you're sort of building up like being yeah. like oh Bond please save solitaire and things like that. So I while think, you don't you don't endorse racism or like the the old sexist trope of the damsel in distress, you do think that bit is is good. Yeah, I think as a as a as a well made scene, if you can just skip all the stuff that's already there, like you mentioned, I think it's 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 pretty good. I think if it, yeah, I think I, I think I think it's fine without sounding like I endorse that sort of thing. Well, I'm I'm coming down on uh, on uh, alligator farm uh, in a big way. I, I love that. Um, yeah, which obviously leads to the boat chase. Yes, I would say the stuff after when he saves Solitaire, I think that's where the film falters. I think it wasn't that the, the sort of ending with Kananga didn't really work. I think that's my least Oh, favorite. I will say though, a backup for, for favorite bit is the train fight. I love a good train fight. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, Robert Shaw in from Russia with Love. Or Jinx in, um, what's his name? Jinx? No. Mr. Mr. Jinx, yeah. Mr. Jinx, Mr. Jinx, not in, Jinx from Die Another Day, but Mr. Jinx. Uh, yeah. Factor, yeah. Factor. Um, so yeah, I think, I think my favorite, I think I am going to go with Alligator Farm because that's just really fun. And, you know, the, I always love when they introduce like gimmicky wildlife stuff into Bond movies. What's your stupidest bit? Stupidest bit. Um, the dart that comes out of the, the side mirror in the car. 
yeah that's ridiculous how can that's, you do that's, that? that's a really stupid bit that, I don't know that just feels like some scene out of like a spy show that was coming out of that time I don't know it just seems it's it like just, Thunderbirds level yeah it is a bit I don't know I just just it's a bit silly I don't know I feel like the New York stuff they could have really I don't know I feel like given the location and given what New York was in that period in time because New York was just like, it was near bankrupt quite a lot. The mafia were kind of running it and stuff. They could have really done something really noir-esque with it. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like that location was squandered and not used to its potential. And I think that yeah. scene in particular was a little bit silly. And if you want to see how New York was used to its potential in this exact same period, which is what Shaft, because that's brilliant. Yeah, film. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, for me, it's uh, my stupidest bit is another projectile and it is the little compressed air ball that the bullet um, the that uh roger moore makes kananga swallow and he inflates and he blows up he certainly had an inflated opinion of, of himself uh, i'd say you you've, it's you've where the puns started he has, <laughs> has an underground layer he uh he has um you know a shark tank and they he dies in this really unsatisfactory anticlimactic way so that's yeah. stupidest bit for me yeah uh, favorite location? Hmm. Well, the place I'd want to go. Um, you can't well, say New Orleans because you've already been there. Right, oh, so I have to be somewhere I haven't been already. Yeah. Well, I guess I haven't been to San Monique. So I guess I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, you can, I mean, you can say New Orleans because there's not really much choice in this. I, I, love, I love New Orleans. I think I'll go to the Caribbean, though, because I, 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 I fancy a palm tree holiday. What about you? You're going to say New uh, Orleans? Yeah, I'll probably go back to New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it is or, brilliant. Or, or James Bond's house, depending on where that is. That's another stupid bit. Um, yeah, like, how, does he, how does he have like a house that big? Well, he's obviously well paid. I mean, he, yeah, it, I know. But maybe, they, maybe it's even on the taxpayer's dime. But just that whole first sequence is so like. With the French spy. Carry on. Yeah, it's so carry on movie. And. Um, oh, matron. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no cue in this film either. I mean, there is no cue. That's true. There's no Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, that is, that is very true. I was, I remember that. That's, that is, yeah, Lois Maxwell's in it for like two seconds, and you know, Bernard yeah, Lee M. Yeah. But there's no cue, no cue. Yeah, he didn't show um, up until the uh, Man with the Golden Gun. Solik's agitator. Um, what's the next thing? Locations? Oh, cast recasting. Who recasting. Would recast? Um, I would go a bit interesting with the casting, and I oh, would right. would maybe I don't know. I would, I even though I did like Yafet Kodo as Doctor Kananga, and I think he's a really good villain. I would, it's, it's, I would have, it's it, like thinking about it now, maybe swapping him out for James L. Jones. Oh yes, I think that would have been pretty cool. A young James L. Jones would be, yeah, that's a bit like for like though, because I do think Yafet Kodo is very good. Uh, yeah, in that film, I think that. Um, I would um let's see, I haven't given this any thought. Um just for like what the fuck value casting uh just uh either, okay, one of two solutions. Have Quarrel Jr. played by Chris Tucker. Hey man! Yeah, double off seven, where you at, man? Um or have um JW Pepper played by like um john wayne yeah that would be interesting <laughs> yeah uh, including in man with the golden gun yeah 
Yeah, um, it's interesting. Well, I don't know. Someone on Twitter the other day pointed out, like Sheriff J. W. Pepper, a man who goes to Thailand to test drive an American car. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a good question. Right? We, yeah. we didn't even we didn't even get to that on the last episode. Yeah. What? Uh, it's, it, I, I will point out uh, we should talk about Guy Hamilton, uh, the director. He also he directed Diamonds Are Forever and The Man with the Golden Gun, and he directed Goldfinger. He likes gold. Um, yeah. So in in between then, he's he also did, by the way he was assistant director on The Third Man. Yeah, and he also and I, oh wait, I think he also wait I, no he didn't. Oh, he directed uh, Force Ten from Navarone. Oh yeah, that's fun. That's a fun movie. And, um, and he also did Battle of Britain with uh, with uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine and everyone else. Yeah, I that's one of those like longest day, bridge too far, all the stars in one war film, in one mm. quite long war film. Um, Battle of Britain's fun. Battle of Britain's a fun movie. Um, I've seen it. What is your favorite color? Uh, what is um, blue? No. What else do we? <laughs> what else do we do in this sequence? Do we say something? Ooh. Uh. Done favorite bits, stupid bits, recasting. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Uh, no, oh, no, no. Rating. Uh, rating. Uh, I would say three and a half martinis. I would too, but I'm going to take away half a point for the racism, so just give it three. You got a honky. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. That's that's our little review of uh, Live and Let Die. Yep. Uh, before we move uh, t- towards the end of the episode, I just want to pay a little bit of tribute to the late, great Michael Lonsdale, who recently passed away. Uh, Drax! Fairly- I know, Drax. we just spoke about him. Yeah, so I did, I, I just feel, I mean, seeing as we have been talking about the Bond films and he was very much associated with the Bond movies, I just wanted to sort of pay a little bit of, pay, pay a little tribute to, to him. Yeah, great, great actor and... Um... I really like that you pointed out on social media that wonderful character he plays in Ronin. Um, yeah. Because that is a really great... Um, he does so much with that part. Also, uh, uh, brilliant in Smiley's People, the follow-up to Tinker Taylor. Yes. And he also... He also very was. He was also very briefly in the the, Spe- uh, the Steven Spielberg film Munich. And he's also uh, in the cast of that film are uh, the actor who plays Dominic Green from Quantum of Solace and James Bond himself, Daniel Craig. So there's a few little <laughs> members of the James Bond family in that film. There always are. I yeah. feel like, what is the bondiest... We need to figure out, like, what is the bondiest non-Bond film? That's true, yeah. It could be, I mean... I don't know, I mean... You've definitely got, like, The Longest Day is one, because you've got Connery, you've got Gert Frobe. Um, I can't think of anyone else. Uh, this is a really boring question. We should go away and think about it. We can come back and off, off podcast and talk about it. But no, yeah, that's true. That's a good question. I've been thinking about it. I'm probably stay up all night trying to figure it out. But anyway. There's a great episode of Sharp, by the way. Um, Sharp's Eagle, where um, Daniel Craig plays the bad guy and Sean, Con- uh, Sean Bean uh, plays the good... Obviously, he plays Sharp. So. <laughs> this, we've gone off track. Michael Lundell, <laughs> R.I.P. Yes. Um, well, you know. Rest uh, in peace. So, yeah. Um, what does it matter to you when you've got a job to do? Yeah. Well, nominated, we for, an o- nominated for an Oscar with that song. Best no, original I, song. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a really good song. The rest of the Wings stuff is, uh, you know. Um, Band but, uh, on the run. But anyway, 
yes, so yes, that concludes another episode of Bond Backwards. We are finally finished with the Roger Moore era. Finally! <laughs> we are done. We are now, we will be moving on to the part two of the Sean Connery era. Yes, the brief coda. Yes, where he was, he came back after saying no, but that was mainly because they paid him one million dollars. <laughs> Good. Said that just mainly for that joke, but anyway. So, so you can check out all the other episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, mm -hmm. Spotify, TuneIn, mm -hmm. Stitcher, SoundCloud, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, uh, I did mention Podomatic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yes, you can follow us on Twitter, Homes Movies Pod. You can also send us an email, homesmoviespodcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, anything you want to plug, the uh, W.E.B. Uh, du Bois? Well, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're interested in, if you've watched Live and Let Die and you're, you're, a bit, um, you're a bit tired of all the racism, or if you watch the news and you're a bit tired of all the racism, do follow the W.E.B. Du Bois Center, which is where I work, where we help... Uh, you know, um, encourage conversations around anti-racism and engage with the legacy and scholarship of W.B. Du Bois. And we produce, uh, we help produce scholarship, we help produce programming. Um, so, you know, putting putting it right, you know, a little bit. But we recently re uh, released a, a short documentary about uh, the Du Bois archive, which is at UMass Amherst, um, which yeah. you can check out. So, you know, yeah, I, it's a little, you know, it's a little place, it's a little center within a large university, but we do our bit for um, trying to redress the balance of uh, both scholarship and um, the understanding of the history of race in the broader culture. Yeah, I, I did share it on our uh, Twitter page, but I might pin it just so. If oh, people... you don't have to do that. I, no, I, no, 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 just just to share it and pin it, don't pin our bloody stuff i'll, I'll yeah. you, you leave you leave the du bois stuff to me we need people to listen to this bloody podcast so that we can get rich and famous fair enough but uh yes uh do check back with us next time when we talk about diamonds are forever we're nearly in the sort of into the final stretch of the bond movies getting close to dr no and yeah. uh close to the hopeful gonna miss this i don't know what we're gonna we're gonna have to think of a new gimmick after this because i, I can't be you know going back to just talking about regular old films is going to feel really different yeah. be interesting i mean yeah I, mean, ho I hope we could watch no time to die together when you're here in denmark if i would if you if you're there and uh potentially talk about it. i mean i'm excited to see it just because i don't know just i just want to see how they're going to end daniel craig's tenure as bond and just just to see how yeah. they what kind of you know how he's going to go out in a blaze of glory and things like that and i'm hoping well, let's that... let's on the let's leave that and then do some um let's do some predictions on the dr no episode definitely yeah that's something i was i've been thinking about let's get see how many we get right yeah that'd be interesting uh so yeah i've been Anders holmes huh oh um <laughs> bye what's your name <laughs> i know um does Fair he enough. say bond james bond in this I think no, he, he doesn't. Does he? No, he doesn't. No, I think it's Man with the Golden Gun, where he says Matt, James Bond, James Bond, Bond, James Bond. Um, yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. I shall see you in another life. Yeah. Goodbye, Roger Moore. We hardly knew you. Yeah. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny, 007. Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Shocking. Where's Drax? Oh, he had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed Mr. Bond. I think he got the point. Right idea, Mr. Bond. 
but wrong pussy. You're not thinking that I sure am, boy. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. Yeah.